This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. Well, I want to welcome everyone to the next episode of Marketing Jam. I am so excited you've joined us this week. I am so excited. Uh, but before, I just want to make sure we thank our lovely sponsors, Canada Post, uh, and the fine folks at Insight Magazine who make sure that this show uh, happens every week. So huge thanks to them. So every time you pick up a package or some mail, uh, you can thank them for the show. Maybe you're listening to the show as you go to your P.O. box or as you go to pick up mail. And uh, thank you, Canada Post, for believing in our show. And Insight Magazine, if you have yet to subscribe, make sure you do. Um, so many great insights, so many great uh, stories, so many great pieces of uh, case studies and research and information that help all of us as marketers become better marketers to serve our clients, to serve the world, and to serve the brands that we work at. And those that are even students, this is a great magazine as far as fresh content, fresh, fresh information, and fresh trends. Well, without further ado, I'm going to welcome our latest guest here today, Esme. Um, thank you so much for being here. You are the Chief Strategy Officer of Field Marshal. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So um, tell me about Inside Magazine and, and why you love it and kind of your, your relationship with the magazine. Sure. Yeah. Well, I feel very uh, privileged. Um, a number, about five years ago, I had worked uh, with Canada Post in terms of their transformation strategy, in terms of uh, looking at how they would, over the next five years, retool their business, look at their value propositions, kind of rewire the business for the future. And that was a wonderful uh, thing I got to be participate in as a consultant. Um, and at that time, I was with a um, publicist group, and they had hired me to uh, take on this type of work um, because it was a little bit outside of the typical agency style of work. Um, so that was where my relationship with Canada Post started. And then um, a number of you, we'd put together a number of plans for the marketing side of the business, the smart mail marketing side of the business. Um, And at that time, um, a number of things had changed to Canada Post and they were moving forward. And then I started speaking with a few of the people over there again. And uh, they had said, you know, we've got we really need to start moving forward again. And can you, you know, work with us and, and help us figure out what to do next? And. I saw, you know, Insight was always was around already. It had already been in publication, and at that time, it was a magazine filled with direct uh, mail case studies and inspiration, yeah. which was fantastic. Um, however, it wasn't doing enough to meet the full uh, business uh, challenges and doing enough to help direct mail integrate with the rest of the marketing ecosystem. Um, and it needed to. And of course, as we move forward in marketing, more and more channels are all integrating. Uh, so we retooled the magazine to be the to take on this more of a platform role. Um, mm-hmm. Think of it more like if Canada Post had its think with Google. That's kind yeah. of where what the vision is. And Inside Magazine has now become a full thought leadership content uh, platform and magazine. And so where we started uh, was with the magazine because it was there already and it was already a great product um, and we just wanted to start building the subscriber list and so we started did a lot of research uh, did a lot of uh, work on that and once I finished the strategy and blueprint if you will um, I was asked if I would help you know kind of bring it to life for the first couple of years mm-hmm. as editor-in-chief 
That's amazing. So I uh, had been subscribed to Insight pre you, I guess, and and it was it was a larger physical format, and mm-hmm. it was it was full. It was like a coffee table book full of yeah. incredible case studies, uh, and always the cover was unique was bizarre. One week it was a wetsuit, one week it was like <laughs> a lion, one week it was scratch and sniff, one week it, it just smelled like and felt like chocolate. Mm, I remember um, that issue. <laughs> so you, you've kept the cover, uh, crazy covers alive. Yeah. Tell me about this orange cover, what were you, or, yeah. or red, or I, I don't know if I'm color, but it, it's just glowing. If you can't see it, it if it, you're listening to audio, it glows, it's vibrantly orange. It's vibrantly orange. Um, and so, yes, the cover strategy, we did not want to change. Uh, we created a more intimate handheld experience uh, mm. to create more stronger interaction with the content. However, oh, I know, you know, uh, my business partner and um, designs most of the covers, does the concepts for all the covers. And um, we wanted to make sure we stuck with the strategy. It was brilliant. And uh, it really showed what a physical medium should do. It should be intimate. It should create tactile curiosity. It should be an experience. It should uh, stand out. It should create emotion. All the things that, you know, a physical medium does very well. And so the orange, that neon vibrant color is United Way's color. And so uh, we try to tie each cover to our feature case study in the yeah. magazine and so we take inspiration from the case study uh we don't replicate it but we take inspiration and you know they wanted to be unignorable and that beautiful color that taxi worked on uh it's all in the case study but um we picked up just the color wanted to just be the cover it just had to be and we just went we leaned simply into the color this one i get given a hard time this is the cover as it, those that are listening it is a cover of a magazine full of <laughs> bubble wrap and so I'm always playing with it when I bring this magazine on the show. You can probably hear it right now. Um, but tell me about the idea and the inspiration behind the bubble wrap cover. I've never so seen this, that before. Yeah, so that one was our first, um, what we call our retooled issue when we first made yeah. the strategic shift. Um, and so we were still getting our feet under us because here we were going to a full editorial publishing model in a company that hadn't done that before uh, overnight. And so it's been a, uh, a, the last 12 months have been this rapid prototyping from issue to issue to keep moving it along and making it better every issue. But that one started with uh, Wayfair as the feature case study. So we do this very in-depth uh, case study. And, um, you know, we just saw given things come wrapped in the mail and in parcels, et cetera, whether it's direct mail or parcels, things are wrapped typically if they're three-dimensional. And so we just thought we'd lean into the bubble wrap on the cover just to, to add a little bit of um, dimension to it. And, and tell me what else you've changed. Like, cause now there are articles, but it's full of like deep articles. There's research, there's content in there. You've got, you know, you're finding writers from all across Canada. Yeah. I, I, and so tell me about how you, how you curate that. How do you find those folks to, to write? It's getting easier and easier with every issue. We're starting to have people coming to us now, which is fantastic. Um, we're, we've got our, we've kind of got the pace of, of the magazine now, and it's fully, you yeah. know, following a full publishing editorial um, uh, approach. So, um, yes, yeah, so we do, everything has changed. Um, you know, we went back and looked at uh, class, you know, the type of content we needed, the kind of business issues, what kind of information marketers are looking for, how do we close ecosystem gaps uh, in media and marketing, how do we 
provide content that's really about marketing effectiveness and how do we help people understand the context of marketing today, what's changing in marketing today. And, you know, some of those bigger ideas that we don't always step back. And as a strategist, it's kind of, you know, what I do is you step back and say, well, why is this changing? And until we understand why something's changing, it's hard to really get a hold of the value it can afford your business. So we try to do that. But one of our other unique aspects to the magazine that we've really focused on, and we're getting better at every issue, is uh, a high degree of utility. So we try to treat mm-hmm. it more like a, a whiteboard magazine, if you yeah. will, a little right. bit um, more like, yeah, I guess a whiteboard. So, you know, following the steps of Marty Newmeyer when he published um, uh, Zag. So, uh, you know, really appealed to us in terms of getting more into that structured white paper approach. In terms of contributors, um, we put together our editorial outline and then we just try to find the best people who have a good point of view on the topic. And um, we don't try to interfere with the point of view. It's, uh, but we always give a brief in terms of what we're trying to achieve with the issue and, and the context of the issue and what we're trying, to, what our goals are. And so Canada Post is extremely supportive of the process and they weigh in as well, of course, um, and they add a lot of value because we often also feature people from Canada Post, which is very important. There's a lot of very yeah. smart people over there who yeah. have a lot of really, a lot of value and there's not always the strongest platform for them for them to have that conversation. Yeah, I feel like as a Canadian in marketing, I've only got a few options. Like there's a new uh, online version called The Message, which, yeah. which is quite good. And, and, and they're doing more kind of news and, and kind of like kind of case study wins. Um, Strategy Magazine by Bernico, where, which again, physical magazine and the online. Uh, but I feel like over half of it, if not more, three quarters is like award shows, award entries and advertorials. But, you know, every once in a while, there's some great content in there. I love their weekly e-newsletter, which is nice. Um, and of course, Think with Google. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. But I feel like what you guys have here is it's such a great, almost agnostic look at like, hey, here's what's happening around the world. Here's some great data. Here's some great information. Uh, and it actually gives me ideas and um, tangible things I can apply to my agency right away, whether it's um, case studies or thought leadership or just kind of infographics that can help me actually think through uh, a problem I have with one of my clients as far as uh, getting their name out there and getting the word out. Yeah, we are in a bit of a niche that way. Um, And it's kind of fantastic. Um, I really like the fact that it's focused on marketing effectiveness is kind of one of the big challenges of our age. And I think people are starting to to swing in that direction now. And, you know, um, but the magazine is special in that way. Like, you know, we're kind of like the marketing we're a marketing magazine about thought leadership. We're about, you know, we do we take the same approach as Harvard Business Review or the mm. might take, uh, but without all the the gobs of uh, support, money, and uh, yeah. and um, you know accredited pr- uh, professors and things to yeah. back it up. And we don't have the big research uh, teams, but there is a lot of great information out there that just doesn't always get curated together. And again, that step back on the content to really understand like, well, what's, why is this topic important and how do we need to think through this? And what are the implications are, are what we try to focus on and we try not to sway one way or the other. I mean, digital is as important as physical media. They're both important integration is happening. Digital is kind of being, um, you know, pulled into the back end of every channel. So yeah. every channel is what I'm calling is kind of getting new superpowers. 
Um, they have their original strengths. Um, channels can do more than they did before. How you put channels together, it's more complex, absolutely. Marketing is way more complex than it used yeah. to be. And I think it's that balance of knowing um, what mental models and theories are valuable and how to use them or put them into practice. And then also, what are the wonderful cases and things we're seeing in the marketplace that can inspire us? So it's, that's, that's kind of the balance we try to, try to strike. You mentioned Think with Google, the, the email that they send out. Why did uh, Insight choose to do a physical magazine versus just an e-newsletter or just a website? Yeah. Well, um, because we are taking, okay, so if the first reason is because we had a product already out in market that wasn't being uh, fully utilized for its full market potential. So in terms of its viability, it was strong. And we um, recognize the fact that Canada Post, at the end of the day, is selling marketing and, and direct mail marketing. And so for us to take a physical out or a physical back, you know, PNG's kind of store back philosophy. It's kind of like, here's our print back approach yeah. uh, to creating an ecosystem. Of course, we have digital. We are growing the digital aspect of the platform, all of that. But for us to move quickly, uh, we we started with print. And I know that might sound like a bit of an oxymoron, but start it, you can start quickly with print. <laughs> and uh, I think that's kind of one of the... Um, the pressure tests of print, it yeah. can be quick, it can be useful, and it can be amplified into digital. I find um, I get so many e-newsletters and so much, um, you know, there's so much information out there. There's videos I can watch. There's webinars I can go to. Yeah. I actually feel like it's a nice kind of, kind of peaceful moment or restful moment when I can actually pick up a physical magazine and stop and flip through it. Like I like picking up my Globe and Mail on Saturday mornings off my front porch and going through it and getting my news and consuming my news that way, where you know my you know inky fingers and going <laughs> through it. Yeah. Um, and I get I think that's what I love about Inside Magazine is like the cover feels different. Like you know, the last issue literally had a baby on the cover with a onesie, like a fluffy onesie. A you fuzzy, feel. But, oh, fuzzy onesie. I know. It's so yeah. cute. And I think it just shows that like you know people talk about record sales like uh, vinyl records for the record player. You know, there hasn't been more vinyl sold. You know, there's so many vinyl sold in the last five years than there ever was kind of in history. So I think people are looking to go back to that, you know, digital, you know, kind of, or sorry, physical feel, something like tangible. They can pick up a record, pull it out of the sleeve, put it on the record player. Uh, you know, when we have so much digital music at our fingertips, I think there's almost this kind of like people are, I think, responding to want the physical. So I think what you've done here is, is chosen to actually put out something that's curated beautifully. It's physically beautiful. Um, you know, you didn't just do it quickly and, and uh, half-heartedly. No, we really pushed ourselves. And, um, you know, um, the full line of business has been behind um, this vision and, and pushing forward. So it's exciting and it's, and it's a privilege. Um, it is true, though, like physical media, um, it has less, you know, the latest articles, we're seeing all kinds of stuff recently. I mean, we're all getting kind of digitally fatigued right now, particularly oh. Oh. Um, in during this, this you know, pandemic time frame. And, you know, doing a Zoom call is tiring. It's taxing. Yeah. It, it plays with your brain differently than a physical experience does. And it's and you know, digital is amazing. There, I would, I, I have great experiences digitally for what I want. But you're right. I mean, I've always been a huge magazine fan. I, I, I am a strategist who who designs experiences. So for me, um, you know, how do you bring the two together to really, really um, 
curate something special for people that takes advantage of the best of both is, is really ultimately important. So someone who puts out a magazine, you curate it, you, you know, edit it, and you kind of manage this process, where do you go? Where, where kind of like are magazines that you read or podcasts you listen to or e-newsletter? Like what are your kind of yeah. sources of inspiration for, for fuel for you? Oh, well, I'm overfueled. <laughs> Uh, far overfueled, um, with a little bit of a jet propulsion uh, fuel that I'm getting. Um, yeah, I'm part of what I do for a living is kind of always on. I'm always reading. It, I, it's massive amount. It, I can go from rounds of reading very um, human, empathetic yeah. kind of content that's very earthly yeah. to very technical content. And I kind of sway between them. Of course, then there's all the digital content I'm consuming that I can barely keep track of right now. Um, so, you know, the, I have all my go-tos. I, I do a lot of, I follow a lot of um, cultural trend uh, sites because of the work I do in trend management and forecasting. Yeah. So that is probably my biggest passion and love is culture and uh, navigating culture, understanding where it's taking us, what it means to society, individuals, um, what it means to creating, um, from a design perspective, equality, um, a better use of capitalism, um, mm-hmm better products, better services, all of all of that. Um, but yeah, it's a ton. So, I mean, my Kindle is my go-to. I, I don't yeah. have like the little Kindle reader. It's on my computer. Yeah. But if I didn't have that, there's no way to have all my books with me. So yeah. I probably have about 500 books on there that I, that yeah. I need for reference. Yeah. And then I have a bunch of physical magazines um, that I... I have to say, probably from a business perspective, I buy less physical magazines just because I need them on hand for reference. So it's easier to digitize and code them. But I am a huge design buff. And um, so for me, um, anything to do with design, like Milk Magazine is a big one from France for me. Living Etc. out of the UK are big ones for me. Um, I spend a lot of time with design magazines. And that's just the way I relax because I'm always consuming very intellectual or heavy or business oriented content or or at least if I'm looking at culture, my brain can help go go to business. So um, the other how I relax is really with content that's just more for the soul (laughs) where I can be um, physical. So I knit. I've taken up knitting. Yeah. you know, and I, so I'm consuming more knitting content, design content. I do textile design. I love it. I think that would be That's my other amazing. career. Um, yeah. There's and so someone in my home, there's someone in my hometown here who knit bombs different places around town. So sometimes I'll bombs? walk down. Yeah. I'll walk down the street <laughs> and, and a pole will be covered in knitting or, or, That's amazing. or it's, it's the coolest thing ever. So it's like, I guess they pre knit it for that size. And then that night they go in and seal it up and it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I love the way um, that you mentioned that, the way people are kind of using our physical environment right now to create these kind of surprise and delights. I oh. think uh, not to, I mean, a very overused expression, but uh, but it is very nice. You know, I go try to get outside for a walk when I can at least once or twice a week. And yeah. it's amazing. All these little uh, surprises start showing up in different neighborhoods. Yeah, people have been painting rocks in my neighborhood and putting them in different places. And then I, I have a favorite artist, Banksy, who yeah. by- Time chose to actually do an installation in his own home. So in he his did bathroom. I was like, I guess that's all he can do right now. Yeah, I, if, I feel sorry for his wife. Oh, <laughs> uh, so for you, um, what, your phone. What are your kind of go-to apps? What are apps that you like love? Yeah. Right. Now? Um, okay. Well, I'm. I kind of 
go completely between super utilitarian and very hedonistic. <laughs> so um, my, my Kindle, uh, I obviously Instagram and Pinterest are big for me. Yeah. Um, podcast wise, I haven't actually listened to that many lately. Just It's just been too much of an overload. But yeah. I really like CBC's ideas. Yeah. Um, I really like that one. And um, brain pickings is yeah. um, a big deal for me. And um, she's always... Um, putting together a really nice podcast list. So I like, I like, um, I'm really bad at the names of podcasts. Um, Malcolm Godwell's podcast. Uh, Revisionist um, History. Yes, that one. It, and, um, and he just teamed up with um, Lexus, his company, to put out a series of podcasts that are like definitely advertorials or kind of integrated marketing, but it's yeah. a, a podcast, but it happens to be, you know, sponsored by Lexus and mentions Lexus. It's, it's well done. Well, smart on the Lexus brand. Yeah, I used to work on that brand years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a great brand. And um, he's Malcolm Gladwell's obviously awesome. And then I just like um, a lot of the kind of content that I like, whether it's a podcast or app or whatever, is really just curiosities. I like curiosities. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of like anything to do with social history, you know, yeah. you know, why, why and how of everyday life and people. Yeah. And I just love that stuff. And it's important to what I do for a living. Um, but, um, app wise. Yeah. Okay. So I, I love shopping <laughs> or yes, at least window yes. shopping. Yep, so, yep. so on the hedonistic side, I, um, I really love, um, apps that I can just kind of shop on like shop up is a big kind yep. of what time waster I have to admit, yep. but it's enjoyable and I love style and fashion. So it, it fits right. for me, but I kind of feel embarrassed admitting that a little bit, but the no, thing is, it's it's, um, you know, it's so heavy what I do. And I just like, yep. sometimes I like to turn off and just look at shoes. <laughs> yep. So here's a big question then uh, speaking of your app and speaking of, um, kind of zoning out. TikTok. Have you downloaded and joined that world yet? Or, or have, kind of I have not. I've okay. been following it. I've okay. been following it and I've seen content, but I have not joined the world, no. Okay, okay. I'm curious to see the next kind of insight TikTok dance video one day. Maybe oh, ouch. Yeah, so I'll <laughs> have to volunteer someone else for that one. <laughs> it, it, the timing is fascinating. It, just all these people at home, they're either watching Tiger King or spending yeah. all their time on TikTok and either producing TikTok videos or just consuming them. Uh, it's been fascinating to kind of watch that trend and, and where TikTok will go from here. Yeah, so I've been seeing some content just as it gets, you know, put into other channels. Um, but yeah, yeah I, uh, it'll be interesting where it goes and how it kind of lands, but certainly... People are having fun with it, that's for sure. And I think that's what's so cool, right? Any new channel, any new form of, of entertainment, whether yeah. the mechanisms are always different depending on the channel. And I just love right now we're kind of in this nice experimentation with the channel and just letting see how people are co-opting it and using it and finding resourceful ways to to make it useful. Yeah. It's, it's, again, we saw Vine come and go. So yeah. the hope is this is not another Vine. Yeah. But we'll see if it's... Uh, you know, if, if it's here to last, and, and uh, maybe it is. But you yeah. you being a, a, a foreteller and, and full of insights and kind of knowing what trends are happening, I'm curious. There's probably so many things you could do. I love asking people this question. What are you, what are you <laughs> watching for? What trends are you watching for? This is what you do for a living. But if you were to kind of like yeah. give us one or two gems of things to be watching for, kind of like keeping our finger on the pulse for and, and knowing that we're marketers, we're agency folks, we're yeah. uh, small owners, what, what's something that we need to kind of, be on the lookout for. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's kind of trying to consume that 
predictive, like what are we in for? And yeah. I suppose the advice I'm mostly giving people is look to the macro trends. Uh, don't look for the 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 the, the micro trends, the things, the behaviors, the signals we're seeing on the ground are all, they're what they are, they're signals. They signal bigger ideas, bigger happenings, bigger narratives that are emerging. And it's to understand the bigger narratives that are most important. Um, any brand can grab a trend and get a little utility out of them. But if you don't really understand why it's happening or where it's going or what the anti-trend is, because every trend has an anti-trend, sometimes the anti-trend can be more useful. Um, that to me, that my my big advice in terms of what to look at is understand the macro trend, understand where that's taking you, um, and understand why. And then I think it gives you more business utility because you can then find the space that makes sense for your brand and tie your brand to it in a meaningful and authentic way. Because um, businesses have capabilities, and those capabilities have to naturally match the opportunity, right? But yeah. if I was going to give some advice, I'd say. I don't know if this has been coined or not. It doesn't really matter. But optimistic essentialism to me is kind of this key idea that I think is very important right now. Um, and I think it's not about this fake or over positivity that kind of says everything's going to be great. We'll all be OK. Well, we're not. We're not. So optimistic essentialism basically says we're rewiring our society, hopefully, uh, to understand with optimism and hope and faith that yeah. essentialism is is what's important right now and we're seeing the front line as a perfect indicator of our our awakening or yeah. rude awakening of yeah. of what's important in life and so i i love shopping i i like consuming yeah. things we all do yeah. but i'm also a consumer of quality goods i'm an indie yeah. brand shopper i yeah. i am in love with everything scandinavian um yeah. I care about buying sustainable things. So all of these trends have already been surfacing. They've been around for a while, and this is just going to accelerate us forward. So to me, it's like find out what the macro trends are, understand what's being accelerated, what's changing, what's being slowed down, and then understand that people are looking for optimism, but essentialism as well. Um, and that's not to say we don't want experience and pleasure and all of those things. Of course we do. But we're going to trade off to get the things that are worth it now. And I think the other advice I would give as a trend is, um, well, in Hilton, I think it was Hilton, hotels just did a Lysol um, thing where they have like a, a badge on their, like a, like a blue sticker over the door that says that the room is like a safety zone. Yeah. So that's kind of like a first indicator that I saw this morning, actually, of us moving out of this pandemic crisis space and into a, yeah. a world where customer experience and yeah. customer service um, value propositions have to build safety in. And, yeah. you know, and safety and um, as an extension of, co of consumer confidence. So we think about consumer confidence is usually about spending power, uh, the amount of money we have at our disposal, all of that, uh, all of that great stuff. But consumer confidence also has to equate now to safety and safety wow. and, and self-reliance. And yeah. I think it's important as brands have to rethink value chains and self-reliance a bit. They also have to consider collaboration more than they ever have. So they have to do both. Um, but people do as well. People are clapped to collaborate more and they also need to be more self-reliant. So how can brands help people be more self-reliant? And how do we just not sit back and say, okay, well, this happened. We were useful now. Well, how will we be useful in the future? It's really important, I think, right now to say, um, 
What am I going to say? So innovation is really important right now. And this idea that we're kind of having to move forward and whoever captures the future now first will win. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're trying to hurt anyone else by doing that. It just means like if the more brands that can do more of what brands are doing now will survive because everybody wants this world to be better. So why are we sitting there to find out where the chips fall? Why aren't we just saying this is the world we want to live in and make it happen? And I think that's the challenge I give to brands and marketing right now. Wow, that's amazing. You you mentioned earlier that there is um, trends and there's an anti-trend. So kind of like I'm thinking like, there's a Superman and there's a bizarro Superman, right? Kind of yeah. in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you explain that more? Like, what is an anti-trend? I haven't heard this before. How does that, yeah. What does that look like? Well, I mean, for every, tr- so, I mean, it's basically a, uh, for every, so, you know, for all the people who love all the trendy hipster culture that's come along, yeah. there's people who completely can't stand that culture. And so yeah. you'll see trends opposite trends happening or you'll see people move i mean we're in that world right now we were in this world i think um well i mean before the pandemic so you know for every person who believes in this optimistic global future there's people who also are there are people who believe in populism and Mm -hmm. nationalism and so you know it's it's they're all signals it's about which signals we want to grab grab onto that will benefit all of us the most and it just means like I mean, they're all, tre- if you just think, think about them neutrally, they're all trends, but every trend will have an opposite reaction. Yes. Okay. So, so like a yin and a yang. It. Yeah, you just have to, exactly. It's a b- better way to put it than I was. Um, and it's just really about finding why, where's that tension exist and why. That's brilliant. That's and great brilliant. strategy. People always think you have to kind of pick an enemy. And I think that, you know, uh, Umberto Eco always said that countries with strong identities have had more enemies in their in their past, or at least believed enemies in their past. Um, and and I still I believe that, and I think the idea of picking an enemy grounds you and focuses you as a company, and I and it's fine if companies want to do that. But to me, great strategy comes from understanding the tension points that you're solving for, and you know, and understanding if you know there's public tension and private tension, will the strategy or the solution fit somewhere in the middle. Um, and the point is to break the tension in a strategic and intelligent, useful and val- way that creates value. So that's kind of how I approach things. And I think many people in innovation obviously do because innovation comes from combining things in different ways. Brilliant. So helpful. So those that are listening to this show and or watching the show uh, are doing it digitally. So those that want a bit of a detox and want to pick up a magazine, how do they... Um, <laughs> They, they can go and subscribe for free online. Yeah, it is uh, free, link yeah. in the bio. Yeah, which is, which is amazing. And they'll mail to your house or to your uh, your office yeah. or wherever you want to go. So I don't know if you can answer this. Can you give any kind of like uh, clues into what's going to be in the next episode of Insight Magazine? Yes. yes. So we have the new issue coming out. Um, uh, it's called My Name is Not Data. And it's an issue all about data and uh, understanding all the wonderful things that come along with data, but also understanding how you know data and design need to work together. Uh, it's about not letting data stand in front of humanity. It's like the data has to support humanity. And so uh, it's a wonderful issue. It's, it's um, coming out in June. Um, I 
think the date that I've heard is June 23rd, but um, we may be actually because of um, the pandemic and people being at home and people not being in the office, and we don't know yeah. where we'll be by that date. Yeah, uh, we will definitely. Uh, you can go online to Canada Post dossier uh, backslash insight. You can sign up there for the issue. Uh, you'll get a download of the issue, so you'll have the digital version, and then you can get. Um, the next physical issue if you're not a subscriber you'll get the next physical issue so we've got the digital issue or sorry the data issue coming up my name is not data it's filled with a lot of really cool cool things it's a really special issue and then the one that we've got in the pipeline after that is all about amping up your marketing very cool so yeah very kind cool. of the rest of the year it's exciting I really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been really, really helpful. I feel like the type of marketing you do is uh, very, very vital to today's um, marketing world where, you know, there's so much information at us and there's so many things that you can do now and today. Like, you know, I love the cartoonist, Tim, Tom Fishburne puts out these mm -hmm. cartoons all the time. It's like, hey, what's the latest thing to pick up and start doing as a brand? But I think you kind of challenge us to pause. You know, stop for a moment, analyze, research, discover what's coming down the pipeline. Look at the bigger trends. This has been great. For, for someone that's um, maybe into marketing and, or maybe is looking for a job change or is a marketing student right now and wants to do what you do, what's the roadmap for that? What, what's kind of the school they should go to or the education or what, how should they be spending their time these days to, to, to be yeah. you? Well, we're a Motley crew. <laughs> uh, we're a Motley crew. We come from all different backgrounds. So when I started university or applied to university, I ended up going to McGill for psychology, but I'd applied for journalism, design, and psychology, and I was accepted all three, and I went with psychology, and now I've combined all three in my career. So wow. it's about applied social sciences. Um, you should just be very well-rounded, very curious, learn as much mm -hmm. as you can. There are more... Um, integrated programs now, like through Ryerson and um, OCAD, that are really about foresight, uh, trend management. Uh, the new school, Parsons School in New York has great programs too, but it really is about um, getting good, strong business footing, understanding design as well, and yeah. really understanding humans and really working at research. So it's very multidisciplinary. This has been a long road in this career for me. You need to know a lot about many things and you need to have research background, social sciences background, you should understand economics, you should be very curious, you should read a lot and you should just learn to play it, play what I call playing it out. I mean, so much of our job is intellectual. It's not esoteric. I, I never agreed yeah. with that term, but you have to play it out. Being a good strategist is about combining strong concepts with yeah. knowing how to play them out. And I think that is about practice. And that is just something I'm doing every day. You have to keep learning. Everything's reinventing. You have to keep going. So it's a great career path. Um, it's a lot of work. It's life consuming. Yeah. <laughs> I will warn anyone about that. It's life consuming, but it's also a heck of a lot of fun. That's awesome. And, and to break it, I don't know if this is too simple of an explanation, but if I took my KitchenAid and I threw in uh, a tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Freakonomics, <laughs> and a crystal ball and stirred it up and baked it. Would that be kind of a, a good kind of makeup of what uh, a person could be, what your yeah. job looks like? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's about, you know, understanding strategy is the most important thing for most companies yeah. right now and it's underutilized. Uh, yeah, so I would say uh, get some good business fund fundamentals, 
understand how the world works, understand yeah. history, so, sociology, psychology, <laughs> yeah. uh, and just start learning and practicing. And um, you'll decide whether what, I mean, everyone kind of falls into a bit of a niche, you know, so I, I, my niche is in foresight, business design, systems thinking, and those take a lot of training, um, but you got to start somewhere. And I just think uh, if you're really going to go into marketing, you just want to be a pure play great marketer, which I'm not sure there's such a thing as a pure play marketer these days. But I would say not enough people spend time learning brand how to build a brand. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to focus on anything first, it's understanding the yeah. dynamics of brand building. That is harder to get an education in, but if you read enough books on brand management, brand building, uh, equity design, all of that, you'll get there. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been so valuable. I've learned a lot. Thank you for sharing so much to our our listeners and viewers today. Yeah, I'm so excited that I got the chance to do this. Um, It's been really fun, and you've been wonderful to talk to. Well, I'm a a big fan of Insight Magazine and and, an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, you everyone, for for joining us this week. It it was an awesome one, and uh, we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.